This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So just a reminder that if you like what you hear every week on these podcasts, but you'd like to know even more, more about investing and what's going on in the stock market, I now have my own room on StockTwits. This is in one of the premium rooms. It's called Zach's Earnings Insights. That's where you'll find me. Yes, it does cost money. That's why it's premium. It's $14.99 a month. Um, I'm trying to set up with StockTwits. We're going to do a free trial. Um, that's not happening yet. But for right now, $14.99 a month. And uh, that's where I'm providing charts, updates on the earnings, uh, conference call info. I'm listening in on a lot of those, and I live tweet that out, and other great info. So come join the conversation on StockTwits if you want more than what we're providing here in these podcasts. Okay, so now on to this week's episode, because a lot is going on. So um, most of you are aware we're in volatile market once again. That seemed like it might go away, but now it hasn't. And um, with that, a lot of anxiety and, um, well, let's just call it anxiety, is bubbling to the surface, even amongst us value investors. So some of you uh, paying attention know that the major stock market indexes were down another 3% in a single day this week as I'm recording this. That's a big sell-off, obviously, 3 to 4%. Um, is not that normal. But even though that was big and, um, you know, I was thinking, when was the last time we actually had a big 3% or more sell-off? So I had to ask around here in the Zach's office. We were all kind of quizzing each other. Hey, when was the last time we had one like this? And we had to look it up. And it was not the uh, biggest one-day sell-off of 2018. It turns out we have had 3% or more several times, yet all of us here in Zach's offices couldn't remember what a single one of the other ones was. So um, so we had this 3% drop here on December 4th, and then it turns out only not even two months ago, we had a 3% drop that was on October 10th. Yes, so not even two months. The Dow was down 3.1%. The NASDAQ was down 4% on that day. But that wasn't even the worst day of the year. Back in February, on February 5th, the Dow was down 4.6%. And on February 8th, it was down 4.2%. That was that brutal, like kind of sudden pullback. And then the markets rebounded. But this is a good example of all the big single-day sell-offs we've already had here in 2018, and yet because most of us are thinking on the short-term pain and we're not thinking about what happened months ago, um, we don't even realize that the one we just had was not even the worst one of the year, and we've already forgotten all the others. So um, I wanted to bring that kind of insight into it because there is a difference between the short term and the long term investing. And in the long term, the volatility we feel and that anxiety we feel on these big one day drops um, kind of smooths out and you don't end up um, recalling it or, you know, the market is rebounded. So you're like, oh, okay, 
that, yeah, sure, I remember that kind of vaguely in the back of my mind, but I've moved on from it. So these one-day moves, um, I'm not saying that they're meaningless because they're not. We're all watching the stock market. We all see the red. We all can open up our portfolios and you know feel the pain there. But really, investors, especially value investors, need to look a little bit beyond just the one day and ask yourself, as we do many times on this podcast and on the Zach's Market Edge podcast, what are your goals? Remind yourself of what your goal is for being an investor. What is your horizon? Do you expect to be in stocks just one year, three years, five years, or is it really long term for retirement, kids' college education, a new house that you may not purchase for five or 10 years, like the longer time plan? And then remember my my own advice that I always give out, if you can't sleep at night because of something that's happening in your stock portfolio, and there are, this does happen for sure, if it gives you that much anxiety where it's keeping you up at night, then you have to rethink your strategy because that's not right. That's not correct. <laughs> Investing shouldn't keep you up at night. So um, then you're going to have to take a look at what your goals are and reevaluating how you're investing if it is keeping you up at night. So that being said, um, does look like some stocks have gone on sale now. When we get these big down days, you know, that the the big indexes, three to four percent, is pretty dramatic. But some individual holdings will be down much more than that, as we know. And as value investors, we like to look at stocks when other people are fleeing and when they go on sale. And I always say this one comment, and um, a lot of people kind of pick up on it. But stocks are the one thing that Americans don't like to buy. Any of us? None of us do. <laughs> When they're on sale, everything else that goes on sale, we rush in, <laughs> even if it's just like a couple percent off, we'll go in, we're like, it's a deal. And we go rushing in there, but stocks, we don't. So we have to retrain ourselves to look at stocks again when they go on sale, because if I liked the, the company a week ago and now it's 5% or 10% or even more cheaper, suddenly I should like it even more. Barring, you know, any major fundamental change in, the, change in the company. If nothing else has changed, I should like it more. So, but this is where value investing is hard. Most don't like going against the herd and most don't like buying stocks when no one else is buying. Because I just did that episode on how Buffett was buying the banks on the Value Investor podcast here. And how many people went out and bought banks after either listening to that podcast or hearing um, when the 13F came out and reading some other articles about how Buffett was buying the banks. Not many people probably did because he's going against the herd there and that is really hard and his payoff might not be for quite some time. And in fact, in this latest uh, stock market downturn, the banks have taken another tumble. Many of them are hitting multi-year lows again. Um, so I'm sure he is looking at them again and may deploy even more money. We don't know. We won't know until the next 13F comes out. But as they get cheaper, he's likely to buy even more. But it's hard for those of us who are, you know, we're, we're just normal investors. <laughs> we're not the great investor like Warren Buffett. But 
um, we can take some lessons from what he's doing. But let's take a look at some stocks on sale and see if there are any deals there now, because I love doing that when we have these sell-offs. That's the one good thing about market weakness and market sell-offs is that stocks do not go on sale. But I ran across this question, how do I find them? Obviously, there's always a group of stocks anybody is watching. You know, I have my list, you have your list of stocks that you're kind of keeping track on. And if it gets a lot cheaper, then you're going to get into it. So you know kind of what those are doing and how much those have pulled back. But if I just kind of wanted to run a general screen to find them, how do I do that? So I did... Uh, go to Zach's predefined screens that we have on Zach's.com. If you're a premium member, you can get these. If you're not, that's why I'm bringing them to you. So you get them through me if you're not a premium member. And I ran um, an oversold stock screen that we have on there because I said, well, yeah, that's what I want. I want oversold stocks. And now these also had the good Zach's rank of number one, which is a strong buy, number two, which is the buy, which means we're going to get rising earnings estimates most likely with that. And so I ran that screen and it also had um, percentage uh, near 52-week high, near 52-week low, that kind of thing in there to get the oversold component of it. And I got 34 stocks on that screen. But the problem I had with it and when I took a look at what was in it is that I didn't screen for any value component in there. So it gave me a lot of non-value stocks, basically. So it wasn't screening for fundamentals and the oversold aspect. It was just screening for the oversold aspect. So a couple of the stocks that were in there um, that I did think were kind of interesting, but this tells you what was in the screen. Bed Bath & Beyond was in there again. That is does have value fundamentals right now, but as we've discussed in prior shows, I still consider that to be a value trap stock, so I'm not interested in it. But Bed Bath & Beyond, ticker BBBY was in there. Snap was in there. S-N-A-P is the ticker. Haven't seen that showed up in any of my screens in a while. But those shares are down 41% in just the last three months. So on an oversold screen, yeah, I guess that might be in there, but I'm not a big fan of Snap either. So um, on the fundamental side, so that that one I'm not really interested in either. A lot of the other names were various biotechs, and uh, those are a little dubious too for most of us value investors. <laughs> a lot do not have any um, revenue, or, and they're not making any earnings. So I wasn't going to go with that either. So I had to ditch the screen and add a value component. Um, so I ran... Slightly different. I didn't do the um, I didn't do the oversold component. I ran with the value component first. And when you're searching for value stocks in a market that has declined, a lot of times you are going to get stocks that have declined as value now. So they've dropped down into the value category as those shares have pulled back. So this screen also looked for Zach's rank num number ones and number twos. Those are the strong buys and buys because I'm going to get those rising estimates and that's what I want. It looked for Zach's value style score of A or B, which are the top two for the style scores. It looked for Zach's industry rank in the top 50% of the industries. So that's good. Something 
probably pretty positive is going on in the industry to be in the top 50%. So I'm probably not going to get any energy stocks, let's just say, because I don't believe energy is in the top 50% right now of industry ranks. Uh, so little things like that, it'll narrow it down further. Then it looked for various PEs, both the trailing and the forward, um, both under 20, I believe it was. And then it did look for peg. So a peg under one, which usually means a stock has both value and growth component in there, which I love. I love getting that extra little growth component if I can get it. And I ran this screen and I got 36 results. So slightly more than the first oversold screen. And some of them were interesting, and it did give me oversold stocks as I predicted that it would. So I pulled out a bunch of stocks out of this list um, that we could take a look at and kind of see, you know, how oversold are they, how cheap are they, that kind of thing. So um, first stock we got was TD Ameritrade. So a couple trading firms in here. TD Ameritrade is the first one. AMTD is the ticker. It's trading at around 14 times over the last three months, the shares are down 11.6% um, versus the S&P down 6.8. So it's weaker than the S&P, but uh, not considerably much. You're not in a bear market pullback yet with TD Ameritrade. And the shares just even over the last year are pretty choppy in this one. I used to own it in the Insider Trader because some insiders have been buying in there, but shares shares volatile and not going much places, but you do the value component and they are somewhat on sale. Let's just call it. Um, the second trading company is E-Trade. ETFC is the ticker. I also own this one in Insider Trader. Um, this one, not quite as volatile, but over the last three months, shares are down 18%. So again, versus S&P 500 of just 6.8. So these ones are much more on sale compared to the overall market. Might want to take a look here. They, they also trade around similar valuations around 14 times. And then there were a couple auto retailers in here, and I've been avoiding any of the auto stocks in most of my portfolios and in the podcast because of what's been going on in the auto industry and because of tariff issues. We don't know if bigger auto tariffs are coming on. We don't we don't know if bigger China tariffs are coming on. Like all these all this uncertainty that could impact autos, plus rising rates impact loans and auto loans. There might be less people buying cars if it gets more expensive for them to do so, all of these things. But uh, I thought I'd take a look and see, you know, are, have these really pulled back? Are they really on sale now? Because then I might be interested. So the first one is Asbury Automotive, ABG. Now this is an auto retailer. And what that means is if you go to like your local Ford or BMW dealer, Usually, but not always, but usually they may be owned by a bigger company that owns various dealerships around the United States. So Asbury is one of them that owns various of all the brands. They're not just a Ford dealer or BMW or GM or whatnot. They own various dealers in all of the brands. They also do aftermarket services, which is like, you know, maintenance and all of that. So these stocks have been cheap for a while. Asbury is trading with a PE under 10 of 8.5. Over the last three months, the shares are down about 11%. So they've gone on a little bit of sale, a little double digit sale there in the last three months. And um, 
that's a little bit better than what the S&P 500 is doing, which again is 6.8. Then I looked at their competitor, Lithia, Lithia Motors, LAD is the ticker there. They're similarly as cheap, 8.3 times on the PE. They're down 9.6% in the last three months. Um, but as I said, that's not dirt cheap other than the PE is very attractive, but they haven't gone on sale as much as I might like them to. And I'm going to keep an eye out and see if I can get them maybe a little bit cheaper. Then I might start dipping my toe in on some of the autos, but there is a lot of uncertainty out there and um, it's unclear what's going to happen. And I have to keep an eye out for value traps with these because as the auto sales decline a bit here, as we're at peak auto, you could see um, some of the earnings start to decline and then we get into the trap scenario. And okay, so switching over a little bit different area, an airline showed up in the screen. And I said, oh, those have got to be cheap right now. But I haven't checked in with the airlines recently with the oil plunge. Apparently, that's it's good to be an airline during oil plunges because the airline here is Spirit. The ticker is S-A-V-E. Love them or hate them, I know. But uh, the stock is up about 32% in the last three months. And that is most likely because as crude uh, you know, as oil price decline, fuel prices will go down. This is a boom for the airlines again. They were getting uh, the opposite effect. The airline stocks were down big as crude was up above $70 because their costs were going up. So now we're getting the opposite. Everybody's diving in because, oh, it's going to be better for them suddenly. PE here is 15.5, so not the cheapest. And the shares are up. So not oversold here, not on sale. They were a couple months ago, though, um, but not anymore. People pile back into the airline stocks. So I'd probably be avoiding that one at least until crude goes up and then I see if these stocks come back down. And then the final stock is a retailer that I've never seen on any of these screens. And I actually own it in my own portfolio. And it's Restoration Hardware, now known as RH, with the ticker RH. Those of you who follow me on StockTwits know I tweet out about it all the time because it's it's insane, but it is, I believe, one of the best retailers in the United States right now um, with the interesting retail vision. It is a furniture maker, so on the luxury side, and um, it will move based on basically the stock market because the stocks go up, the luxury uh, furniture buyer feels free to spend more money, basically. So they just had a blowout quarter. They reported earlier because of the funeral of President Bush. And it was real good numbers. Again, raised fourth quarter guidance for the fourth time. And their 2019 outlook looked real solid, too. Now, these shares are very volatile. They're down 9.4% over the last three months so a little bit more on sale versus the 6.8 of the S&P 500. Their PE is around 15 at this level. So I have bought in and out. Um, some months I buy, some months I don't. Um, but this quarter was good. They did raise earnings above consensus for next year. So that's why the stock is cheaper if this remains volatile and continues to slide with the overall market. 
yeah, I'll be interested and in probably adding to my position again. But this is a retailer that has now come within the value purvey now. It always wasn't in the past, trading around 20 times in the past. But now it's it's in our wheelhouse. So we'll we'll be taking a look. We'll be keeping it on our list. So with this screen, as I remind you, I didn't look to see if any of these were value traps. So that's an issue. I do encourage value investors to take a look at those earnings and to do a value trap analysis so that you don't get sucked into something that appears cheap, but yet it's not. But um, also, as you can see, some of them haven't truly gone on sale all that much, though the most on sale was E-Trade. They're down 18% over the last three months. A couple of them are cheap otherwise, even though the shares haven't pulled back that much. So I do like that. And I do consider that to be a good value proposition. If you can get those single digit uh, forward PEs, that's nice too. So a lot of these I'm going to keep on my list and take a look. If I can get some of them down the 20%, that's the historical bear market pullback level even better. Uh, there could be more pain to come with some of these. The sale could get better or this could be it. We don't know. We never know until later. So that's why valuation is always more important than the actual share pullback, even though we like to see the share pullback technically. Like in my mind, like, ooh, it's down this much. Ooh, I love it. Um, but a lower PE is even better. So some of these were getting in pretty cheap here, but some you might want to keep on your list just to monitor. So these stock sales are good times for value investors like us to look around. Dollar cost averaging can be our friend. That's an easy way to kind of dip your toe in a small amount at a time because nobody can time the bottom of these kind of pullbacks perfectly. And if you're a long-term investor, you're not really going to mind so much if you don't get the very bottom just getting it at the cheaper valuation will help you as a long-term investor. Only like a short-term trader cares if they get in at the very bottom because they're going to own it for such a short time. Obviously, we want to get in at the bottom if we can, or at the lows, I should say, but it always doesn't work out exactly like that. So don't let it paralyze you like waiting to get in at the very, very bottom. Do the dollar cost averaging. That's what I do. I'm sad to say that ShareBuilder has now gone away. Um, it was owned by Capital One Financial, but they have since uh, sent it over to E-Trade now and where they're now longer doing the dollar cost averaging kind of scenario that ShareBuilder used to do. So now it's just normal trading over on E-Trade if you were a ShareBuilder investor. But some of the uh, apps on your phone now do the share building type of investing that allows you to put a small amount into stocks on a, you know, a weekly or monthly basis or whenever you want to put the money in and allows you to buy these smaller amounts and dollar cost average into them. So keep that in mind and um, start uh, maybe dipping your toes into some of these while you're waiting and watching on your short list for some of the others, because it's always good to have a strategy whenever there's volatility in the stock market. So let's recap some of the tickers here. So the ones in the first screen that I'm not too hot to trot on are Bed Bath & Beyond, BBBY, and Snap, SNAP. Those are the oversold stocks. Um, but again, not too hot to trot on those myself. Then the other ones on the value 
screen were um, TD Ameritrade, AMTD, uh, E-Trade, ETFC, Asbury Automotive, ABG, Lithia, LAD. We had an airline, but the shares are going up. It's still kind of cheap, but not as cheap as it was and could be Spirit. Save is the ticker, S-A-V-E. And then we had a new retail and a new stock, um, Restoration Hardware, now known as RH, which is RH, and which I own in my own personal portfolio, as I said. So some intriguing names this this week. And um, as always, we'll see what happens going into the end of the year here, whether or not we get the Santa Claus rally. Usually December is a good month for stocks. It's starting off pretty rocky, though, but that can change. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I didn't even remember that last October 10th, we had a real severe sell-off then, too. So let's see what happens. Let's see if we get a turnaround here. And as always, I'm going to have stock ideas going into the end of the year for 2019. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Definitely subscribe. We have our own standalone show on Apple Podcasts. The Value Investor Podcast is over there. And we're also on Spotify, so you can get us there. But anywhere you get us is good, but be sure to subscribe somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks.